Feeling's Full Call-In 90-Day Fiancé, podcast where two friends recap a TV show suggested by a stranger on the internet. Because it's Rona Times, and I can't deal with true crime right now, so instead, please join us as we consume, digest, and regurgitate Season 7 of The Learning Channel's 90-Day Fiancé. Today, we're covering Season 7, Episode 1, and I've got my friend Sean here with me. Sean, do you, do you want, can you tell the people what the title of this episode is? Did it have a title? Okay, I'm, let me just conjure up my sensuality. I want to kiss you. Oh. <laughs> so yes, my friend Sean is here with us from beautiful Burbank, <laughs> California. She got, she got a complete sentence out of him. We'll, we'll we'll jump into that in a minute. Let's just get right into this show. Uh, I know that it's a cultural phenomenon. I am like willfully ignorant about it. I was like, Ugh, you know, whatever, save it for rainy day. But Sean, if you'd like to throw out any like tidbits about yourself and your relationship to this television show. Um, I am watching this show from the perspective of a gay man in his late thirties going through a divorce. So I have, I I think I have some unique observations about what I have seen and cannot (laughs) unsee. I think one of my phrases is uh, there's a lot to unpack and there's, Oh boy, there is a lot to unpack here. Yeah. This is a fucking like, turn of the century cross country train ride steamer trunk to unpack those trunks are heavy and that is an apt metaphor we begin with a startling montage kind of giving us some clues as to what we're in for and i have to say i'm so cold on this show i don't know if it's i didn't know how how many couples were going to be on it i didn't know if it's long form or short form i still don't know after watching the first episode uh, the first thing I thought is that this is just going to be a shit show. And it's just going to be people in like in a mad rush to get married. I didn't know anything about the visa angle. I just thought it was something kind of like a bachelor where it's like, oh, you have a really ridiculously short amount of time to find your soulmate and marry them. And then I saw a clip or a preview of a previous episode that had a fairly somber tone to it. Uh, a man explaining to his mother that he can't support his parents and support his wife and children simultaneously. So I thought, okay, this is actually going to be something deeper. And, you know, maybe I misjudged the tone of it. And then I watched this episode and thankfully it is a shit show. This is some wild, wild shit. I went into it just anticipating to kind of almost hate watch it. And then um, some of these people are very charming and seem very lovely. And um, so you want to root for them, but then you know that that's a lost cause. You kind of start on that road. Like there were definitely a couple people where I was like two minutes into their segment. And I was like, oh, I'm I like, I get where they're coming from. And they're coming around. And it's like, nope. Like we'll 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 get we'll get into it, but it's just kind of like oh, oh no, okay. Yeah, I think we're in for quite the roller coaster ride. So we start with Anna, who is thirty eight and is a beekeeper in Nebraska. Which is, I mean, aside from Nebraska, I think being a beekeeper is pretty cool. We need bees. Yeah, it's the title of a really great Tori Amos album. That's when she went full adult contemporary mom but with some like dark themes and like a Hammond B3 organ you listen to the album and then it's like you know post secret I can't tell my parents I'm a witch you know that whole thing but that's neither (laughs) here nor there yeah I mean we know Anna's not a witch unfortunately Anna seems to be doing pretty well as a beekeeper and a single mom of uh, Joey age 15 Gino age 14 and Leo age 6 she says I can't help it Leo is my favorite (laughs) That's always fun to know that your kids are going to see later. And she's also wearing a very unflattering tiered pink shirt oh, the that fashion. I found upsetting. The fashion. Uh, <laughs> oh man. No, I'm. I, I think. I think I'm saving my um, 
my my barbs for the men. There's there's some choices. It was like the pink shirt with like the tear that it's like this ruffle that needs to either be like well above the boob or well below. And it just created this line. And then the, the sleeve hit her in a very unflattering place in her arm. So, I mean, I've been dressing a chunky lady's body for most of my life. So it just, it just got me right in the lane, Brian. <laughs> but then she, she, I mean, she wore a lot of other cute stuff later, but I was just like, okay, Anna, if I could say one thing to you besides maybe don't marry a stranger, it's like, yeah, top we, needs to go. we need to, dive into Mersel and then we need to circle back to the to the three boys because I I have it written here that the kids on this show have their heads screwed on so much tighter than the adults oh my god I loved all of the kids including um little little tiny Bryson specifically it's I love how the the 15 year old gets kind of maligned by her as the moody one and then it's like oh do you think he's well yes he is a teenager he's he's going through it but also could he be a little moody because his mother met someone online that she can't even communicate with and he's traveled halfway across the world and she might marry this man and irrevocably change your lives forever could i think that's a good reason that's a that's a good reason to be moody I mean, oh, oh, sorry. It's an excuse. We all have our crosses to bear, Sean. Um, <laughs> I do love that almost everyone except the people themselves is like, hey, so has it ever occurred to you that this is really fucking yes, weird? That's, oh, man. There's, I think we're setting, setting this up to do it on a case-by-case basis, but it's like this makes me want to jump all over the place. Like when we get to lingerie shopping in bins <laughs> in a winter oh. park Florida strip mall. But then the fact that the the woman who is the sales associate at the lingerie store is like another voice of reason. I, I want her to have her own show. Could you imagine? I think that possibly no one is more qualified to give relationship advice than a, a woman who sells lingerie in a Winter Park, Florida strip mall. She has seen everything. The the dark side of relationships. She has seen men come in and just have the dawning realization that they really don't know what their significant other's body is shaped like or looks like or what size she held it together and she wasn't judgmental or anything like that like i i she i think she might have been my favorite person in the whole episode <laughs> bring bring her back you know <laughs> shit okay let's go back to nebraska back to bellevue nebraska so I was like being grossed out, but there was something about the fact that they met in a beekeeping Facebook group that just kind of melted my heart. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. It's sweet, but just the complete lack of communication. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's the most important thing in a relationship and what can the two of you not do? So my notes were just, are her kids turds? And then I wrote, oh, no, they're just scared. Yeah, her poor, poor fucking kids. And the these people's houses are super fun, too. I really enjoyed her broken coffee table. That was realness. <laughs> it was it was I like, yep, she that. lives in a house with three boys because shit's just broken. Her and Marcel had some awkward FaceTiming. A lot of awkward FaceTiming in this show. I'm not going to jump ahead, but even the awkward FaceTiming <laughs> doesn't prepare you for like their, their the face-to-face awkward. meeting being so stilted yeah this is a couple that's never like facetime i don't even know what it's called like masturbating over facetime is there a hip word um, for that facer baiting <laughs> master timing <laughs> master, yeah, timing. master timing um yeah they definitely haven't done that if she's if she's ashamed to even mention that she drinks in front of him there's a lot that hasn't been done. There's a lot that hasn't been said. But they have 90 days to figure out if they want to get married. All right. So there's Anna. <laughs> so then we get to meet our next whatever contestant um, perpetrator. And I just wrote Rich Douche. Michael is 42 and he is a wine entrepreneur, but then he, he calls himself a douche. Like he's like, Oh God, I probably seem super douchey. And I was like, Oh, he's self-aware. He is strange. Everything he says sounds like he's reading it off of a cue card. 
there's that kind of like disconnection there. Yeah, the fashion, it's like you can you can afford to do all this stuff and give this 20-year-old Brazilian girl your credit cards, but you can't afford um, a dress shirt that fits. So Juliana is very thin and very 20. So I just wrote, nope, nope, nope. But then I, but then I wrote, meh, whatever, good for her. Because I was like, I was going through it of like, okay, she's 20, he's 42. What's my problem with this? And then it's like, she should be dating someone her own age. And it's like, or she's figured out at 20 that dating dudes in their early 20s sucks. And she's just going to skip it and have somebody take care of her. Because I mean, Michael's not, he's not bad looking. Okay, that's, I think there's a much more sinister side of this, because I wrote exactly that Croatian yacht party question mark. I To me, that sounds like a Jenna Maroney punchline from 30 <laughs> Rock with um, shades of uh, Jeffrey Epstein thrown in. That just sounds shady as hell. And then the the fact mm, that um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I slip in and out of consciousness while I watch, but something about how she was rejected a visa the first time around because they considered <laughs> her to be nefarious. I think that was the word nefarious i i'm i'm pretty sure that was the word and it's like what is going on here yeah that is not a nelly Furtado song hmm, that's just gotta suck too though to be like can i have a visa and they're like girl you a hoe we can tell i don't know there's there's (laughs) there's something really bizarre happening there another redeeming point for michael is that he he says he's like it's not that i want to marry her she's 20 years younger than me, but he's like, you know, the other visa failed. So we're going to do this one to just try to get her here. So he's acknowledging that like, they might not get married or that maybe that's not what he's trying to do. So I don't know that that kind of shaved a little bit of the edge off the um, human trafficking sort of top notes, you know, yeah, of the, the situation. Uh, the bergamot, the, uh, the lavender kind of <laughs> shaved it off. Um, and it, it, again, with the kids, these kids it's like how can how can six-year-olds dissect this so much more eloquently maybe because they have the outside perspective maybe because they can see in on all of it i love that um he's he asked cc he's like yeah it's juliana's birthday coming up what should uh, we do and cc's like oh we should take her to the american girl doll store she'd really love that this show has reads there's reads in this show Oh, and then the mandatory divorced dad ice cream scene. It's like pizza or ice cream. Yeah. The divorced dads always are taking their kids out for ice cream. Take them out for a Philly cheesesteak. Mix it up. That's, that was very produced yeah. feeling. <laughs> like, hey, hey, divorce, hey, divorce hey, you want ice some cream? ice cream? Yeah, I um, do. Hey, you need to uh, try to mend your relationship with your kids because they'll inevitably resent you more for the divorce, especially when you marry this 20-year-old. Have some ice cream. They seem to get it. Like, the the whole age thing, and they they seem to understand it better than Michael does. Max actually says she's closer in age to us than yeah. you. And, and I think then CeCe chimes in, it's weird. <laughs> and so here's the thing. That, to me, was another point for Michael, because he clearly has a good relationship with them. They're clearly comfortable expressing themselves to him. Yeah. Like... More, more to be revealed, you know? It does seem like the first 15 minutes of like a John Hughes movie or something. I feel like there was always the hot young stepmom in the 80s romps, you know? I did get that vibe a little bit from Max of like, oh, somebody might be peeking through some cracks and some doors. Oh, I, oh man. Mm. I, I did not read that into it, but now that you've mentioned it, I, the, yeah. But maybe that—that's me projecting my '80s movie, whatever. Onto. What's What's the name of the girl again? Juliana. Ju- Juliana Hatfield. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Um. You can just imagine her doing some Melanie Griffith body double dancing, and the young boy peering through, and then all of a sudden, like the Thompson twins start playing or something like that. The age that she is, it's more likely that Max is watching her film a TikTok video in her underwear. Bring a mop and bucket. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, so, which brings us to pluck, pluck, pluck. Um, 
That's my viol- reality show violin sound. Uh, Tanya, <laughs> Tanya from Connecticut, she's going to the sex store. She is DTF and she has the WAP and she wants everyone to know it. She's going to be the hardest one for me to watch because when they started her segment, I thought, wow, the editing's really fast or I'm, I'm not picking up on it. And then I realized I picked up on her crazy. Like I, I know her crazy mm-hmm. and it makes me want to run for the hills. What, what I'm interested in is I know I, I want to know your thoughts on Senjin because I, I think we might have conflicting thoughts, but her, she's, I just wrote, she's too much and underlined it like 50 times. Like she's, she's shopping for lube. She's screaming at Joe Biden. She's, you know, off in South Africa. And you tell me what your perspective is on her. Cause I, 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 I like, she gives me anxiety just watching her. I forgot that, yes, her her chosen career path is bartender slash social activist. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily play Kienes Masloka with these two. I think they're just different flavors of crazy. And I think, because I'm getting, look, this show is a fucking how to make an American quilt of red flags. It's, okay, so Sinjin reminds me a lot of a scuba diver vacation boyfriend that someone I knew brought home with them from Mexico. And I watched this all play out. He just reminds me so much of it where it's like vacation boyfriend where, you know, you meet this guy and you fuck and it's fine and it's fun and you're on vacation. And the guy's like, can I come see you sometime? And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Cause you just had sex with him. And then he shows up (laughs) and won't leave. And yeah, this one's going to be oof um i will say i love her mom i didn't catch her mom's name so i just wrote her down as being six vr because that would be the hair color that she had done it looks like about three months ago i think you i think you nailed it with the whole vacation boyfriend assessment because he just seems like otherwise he'd just be happy to be a bartender at home you know he seems really kind of easygoing to me But she's all, you know, I hope he likes a circus because she's getting him primed to jump through some hoops. You know, the expectations are all there and especially at the end of the episode. But the mom and and the mom's already against him. Tanya's expecting him to perform in many different ways. And the mom has some kind of strange resentment, especially that they're going to be moving into the shed. The she shed. On the property. Yep. And that they better not interrupt her drinking in the hot tub at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I love what her. That and it's just like this, this dude has no idea what he's getting himself into. None. I mean, she look, Tanya's mom is a lady whose kids are 30. She is done and she is ready to live her best life, which also seems to include having a built-in cassette player in your kitchen. (laughs) Did you see that? No, (laughs) I was, I think I was, I was writing this tome about mom drinking in the hot tub at 7am question mark. You know, I must've missed the cassette deck. Oh, man. Oh, God. Well, I think I missed... I was so excited about the cassette deck that I missed the details of the 7 a.m. hot tub party. But yes, when you are like a 50-year-old woman, you should be able to take the pouch of wine out of the box and bring it into the hot tub with you. (laughs) In the hot tub with the wine, let it warm. (laughs) By the way, have you noticed that if you ever see a cassette deck, like now... Um, I'd say that there's a 50% chance that there's um, a Carly Simon tape in there. <laughs> like, greatest hits live, Carly Simon. I, I don't, maybe that's just me. But it's always like, oh, weird, a cassette deck. Oh, nobody does it better live. <laughs> okay. I mean, this one was empty because I was just staring at it. I mean, it's built in, like, into the cabinetry of the kitchen. Um, so she clearly, she values music. Maybe I was wrong about mom. Maybe she's just, you know. Did you catch mom's name? No, I'm just going to call her mom. Okay. 6VR it is. Tanya's mom, 6VR, that, that, um, that jacket too, that she was with that, um, her Claire Danes, my so-called life moment with the jacket. Mm Mm-hmm. 
what's funny is too is I, I I'm looking at her and it's like yeah she's probably like five years older than me. That's another interesting thing. It's like I look at Anna and she's a year older than me. I just have such a hard time wrapping my head around that that someone so close to me in age is in such a wildly different circumstance. Yeah, everybody take care of your skin. Wear that SPF. Don't don't go outside ever. <laughs> well, that that's pretty easy now. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're coming up on like our last second to last. It just went on and on and on. It was like cats. It was. Do you <laughs> do you do you want to meet Mr. Mephistopheles? No. <laughs> No, I was done at McCavity. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But any, but now we have Emily. Uh, Emily's. She's got a full McCavity. Woo! <laughs> this is this is something. She is the most Emily Emilyed that I've ever Emilyed. <laughs> she is 29, and she is from Portland, Oregon. Because of course she is. Um, and she went to is it Vol- Volgograd? Yeah, some you're you're close. Okay, to be an English teacher, um, but she she speaks no Russian. She didn't even Duolingo that shit. But I did enjoy the montage of her and all of her raver outfits. Yes, I very much enjoyed that. So you know, as if to kind of show, like I was crazy, but I've I've buttoned up. I'm I'm Madonna in my bedtime stories era, but not really. Her and Tanya both have the 29 thing going on. They're like, oh, shit, I gotta, you know, do the thing. For better or for worse. Ugh. I don't know. Maybe I'm age-shaming here, but 29 is awfully old to be doing Teach for America. Mm. But that's that's kind of the thing. I always assumed that Teach for America was for people who, like, weren't ready to leave school. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I did call, I did high school, I did college, I did grad school, and I'm not ready to enter the real world. I'm going to go teach English somewhere. I know people who have done it, and I know people who have had her exact story. They go and they teach English in Eastern Europe, and it's an incredibly lonely experience. The only difference is they don't get pregnant. <laughs> It's like, you know, they, they reach a breaking point and they like take a train into town and find a, a back room in a bar somewhere and magic happens. And I mean, I'm 100% certain that 32-year-old Sasha is capable of some magic, but you just, the pregnancy, that's what gets me. You don't, you don't have his kid, especially when you're going to be his third wife mm-hmm. and this third child there's oh man yeah i mean i would say if you go to russia you can buy a matryoshka doll as a souvenir but you don't need to become one yes uh yes sasha is as you said right 32 he's a personal trainer he looks like a personal trainer yeah i don't know his his head it really seems to depend on his haircut sometimes he's like sometimes i'm like "Uh," and then he he'll get like this fucked up haircut and i'm like oh no 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 but also, here's a question. So I'm, you know, I'm elderly. I've been really trying to clarify what, what the meaning of the word uh, fuckboy is. And I feel uh-huh. like it's Sasha. I feel like a fuckboy wouldn't have ex-wives and kids. Like, I feel like it's used to more like to describe some guy in his 20s that just isn't accountable, for lack of a better word. Okay. This has some... It has some Todd Salons vibes <laughs> to it. Like the the whole, maybe it's the whole like happiness thing with the, with the Russian guy. And maybe I'm picking up on that, but um, tell me if I'm jumping ahead, but when they take his firstborn toy shopping and the ex-wife only lets him see the kid on holidays. Yeah. Like there, there's something, there's something there. Like it goes beyond like a meme. It goes beyond, you know, fuck boys and that whole thing it's something else yeah maybe he's just graduated to dirt bag but his english is pretty good so she must be a pretty good teacher they can communicate i don't know he seemed pretty fluent to me and she um she got some baby gifts from her friends so she got a diaper tree with cloth diapers which i just wrote laugh emoji for cloth diapers (laughs) when she's sort of confronted about Sasha and the fact that he's got two kids with two other ladies she just kind of like shrugs and laughs which uh, to me was an indicator that she knows that she is fucked but she has to see it through 
I just wrote in all caps above her little section, there's a disconnect there. Like there's a major disconnect there. When she has that FaceTime call with her sister. Oh yeah. She's like, you better learn the word for episiotomy in Russian. And she's just kind of like staring, you know, kind of like blank eyed at the camera. And then she's like, I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. And then it's like, Sasha, show me how to put a diaper on a teddy bear. And it's like, honey, you're four days away from your due date. As soon as they revealed that she was pregnant, I was like, oh, hell no. Has she been getting any fucking prenatal care? Like, what? What? Like, she's going to go have a baby in a Russian hospital that she's never been to and give birth with being surrounded by, and I'm not like, I don't know if it's xenophobia or whatever, but I'm not saying that the Russian hospital doesn't have lovely birthing suites comparable to what we have here or whatever. But like, yeah, she doesn't seem to have thought about her birth at all, which made me feel like she's not, she has not been to a doctor and is not getting prenatal care. Or she would have said, oh, yes, I have an OBGYN that's going to be there that I have a relationship with when she revealed, like, that was my fear The whole, as soon as they show she's pregnant. And then she has that conversation and it's just like, you are going to have PTSD from this birth. I mean, having a human burst from your loins is rough enough, but to do it somewhere where you can't advocate for yourself, that sounds like a fucking horror movie. She also says, our relationship is perfect, which, oh, oh, honey. And so our last couple is Robert and Annie. Oh, Is this one your favorite? We we don't get to see Annie. (laughs) Like, she doesn't exist on camera. We see her in text and on FaceTime. But of, uh, I'm very excited to see her in the show, or in person, because it looks like she's ready to kind of throw down with some people, and uh, I'm, I'm here for it. But yeah, we've got Robert, age 41 from Florida, and he's an Uber driver. And at first, I thought, like, he gets pleasure out of simple things. He drives people around. He makes some conversation. The highlight of his life that he's is that he's driven a couple NBA players around and that he once physically bumped into Shaquille O'Neal, which is, it just, you know, that's great. I still tell people the story about how I physically bumped into Ashley Simpson at Kitson in December of 2005. But that's a story. Um, she, I, her old nose. She was cute. She shouldn't have. Oh, I loved her old she nose. She was totally cute. And she was sweet. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's he's just super simple. And then I, like I'm starting to warm to him. And then eight hours, eight hours. They've known they've they've met each other in a physical capacity for eight hours. And then instantly it turns like you know, a lot of this is like, take a chance on love, blah, 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 blah. But it gets very transactional very quickly. I also want to talk about the fact that Robert is raising his son alone because Bryson's mom left in the middle of the night when Bryson was a baby. So that gets good guy cred with me because he seems like a really engaged dad and they kind of try to edit things to make his kid look like a turd, but he's a very normal four-year-old. Yeah, Robert's talking about Annie, and he's like, she's hot. She, I mean, he uses all the words. She's lit. Um, and she is. She's fucking hot. Yeah, she's she's good looking. And I agree with you on the whole thing with, with the kid, but it's like she's already being primed to be a mother to this kid. After an after an eight hour whirlwind engagement, and she doesn't seem to be too enthused about it, and the kid doesn't seem too enthused about it, just because he's slightly less articulate about it than the other children we've seen on this show doesn't make it any different. I, you know, if this were happening to me, I'd be like, uh, or, or whatever hmm. dinosaur noises he was making into the phone. I'd be saying that too. I, I feel the same way on either side of it. Especially after they show Bryson and Robert at the park where Bryson's like, who's your best friend? You are daddy. You know? Yeah. So they've got this super close relationship and he's like, yeah, kiddo, what do you think about this stranger who's calling you a monster coming here to be your new mom when he doesn't even really know what that 
means. He doesn't, he's never had a mom. Yeah, she's making it very clear that she's not interested. And kids, even that young, pick up on that shit. And right away, she's like, I want an iPhone and I want a ring. That's why I say it's it's instantly transactional. But it's like, if he's expecting her to become like instant mommy, she needs some stuff, you know? I, I don't really hold that against her. There's no romance. There's lust and there's money. But there's no like a, affection that, or that I have yet to see, you know? He wants Mary Poppins on the streets and a freak in the sheets. Yeah. It's gross from both sides. Like they're both being gross. And I think what's funny is that there are a lot of single women out there who would be into it. What, just like give me an iPhone and a ring and I'll be mom? No, um, pr- that probably wouldn't expect the iPhone and the ring. That would just be like, you know, hey, I mean, it it does happen that single people with children meet people who like them and like their kid and they have wonderful functional relationships. Oh, oh, sure. Of, yeah, definitely. She's being pretty transparent. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I love that he's like, I'm starting to get concerned. <laughs> Well, hey, it's like, you're setting up your terms. I'm setting up my terms. You told me you'd send me some money. I'd be sending frowny face emojis too. Okay, so our next scene is we're going back to Anna. She's meeting Jamie, her her best friend of many years. And to paraphrase Jamie, she basically says, well, Anna's done a lot of stupid shit in the past, but this might be the stupidest. She doesn't use those words, but that was the gist. Yeah. This second segment, I labeled besties get real because it seemed like it was like the first one. They're establishing who everybody is. This next chunk was the people in their lives telling them or or just kindly asking them to possibly revisit what they're doing from another perspective. Or just trying, yeah, trying to give them some sort of awareness about, you know, this kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. It's just blind faith maybe but it's there's this it's like a disconnected blind faith it's like who am i whose hands are these oh (laughs) marriage i i just who's who's home knock 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 you know anna is slightly inarticulate and i feel like there's a disconnect there with with her too i i feel for her a little more definitely than i do for emily emily is another thing entirely Mm. But Anna, I just wrote, is Anna really, really dumb? I mean, some people are. It's okay. Oh, I'll t- see. I'll, okay, now I'm glad you circled back to this. I didn't write a note about this. <laughs> um, I was actually kind of on her side until she took this wine. It's not even like a dinner. It's just like a wine meal. <laughs> liquid dinner with her friend and um she referred to men who can't handle bees as pansies and then i was like fuck you it's 2020 like come on is it in nebraska though uh i don't know but it's still like i i i bristled at that i was like any any you know wants i had for you to be happy are pretty much shot to hell now so have fun (laughs) Yeah, wish you the best. Good luck. So yeah, and then we toggle, we we start toggling back and forth. So this is when Emily is going toy shopping with Danielle. um, And she has the video call with her sister Betsy, who I just surrounded her name with hearts because I was like, I love that these people have people in their lives that are truth tellers. Although it seems like maybe it doesn't happen early on enough. She's the one that I wrote down the quote, it's important to communicate with the people who are delivering your baby. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She's asking all the right questions. I just wrote that four days until your due date is not really the time to uh, ask someone if 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 they've thought this through. Because she's like, she's FaceTiming with her sister who's about to give birth. And she's asking her if she's really thought this through. <laughs> Which it's she a, clearly hasn't. Yeah, it's as I say, it's a very valid question. And there's just like that moment where the the server crashes and she starts to go that she starts to go down. That was tough to watch. What have you gotten yourself into? But her nails really do look good. <laughs> She's got her birth and nails on. Mm-hmm. Um, who's to say, too, if she was really dizzy or not? So now we're back to libido-enhancing supplement-consuming Tanya. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. And her sister, Tiana. Who I love, of course. That's the thing. It's the kids and the friends slash relatives. They all know the score. 
And they're all fairly blunt and blatant. I wrote that. I love her sister snickering and rolling her eyes, which she did through the whole thing. But it's just like, that's what I'm doing at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tiana is like, she's where we all are. I, I, I just wrote Tiana's got her popcorn. She can't wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> yeah. When, when she says the whole thing about like, oh, he knows you on vacation, but he doesn't know you here. And straight up, you're not nice. That is sister talk. For sure. It ended up being a conversation between professional bitch and angry bitch. Like these, these girls have a complicated relationship. Yes. I'd love to know what the relationship is like between the sister and the mom. Mm. Because she seems kind of like the outlier in the equation. There's got to be something going on there. You know, mom with her hot bag of wine (laughs) (laughs) and her Carly Simon cassette at seven o'clock in the morning clouds in my coffee you know the whole bit that sounds great to me (laughs) but she's living the fucking dream yeah but then just kind of like watching her sister give it to her straight and then she's just kind of like smiling through the whole thing but also giving her some pretty serious attitude back too but it's just that smile too is one that i feel like you see a lot on reality tv the first time i feel like i really clocked it was chelsea hauschka from teen mom show where anytime someone was like talking about the reality of what a douche her baby daddy was and the fact that she was like 16 or whatever. It's just this like dissociation grimace. Yes. There's a lot of that happening in this show. Yeah. And then we toggle back to Anna. She just basically says that her main concern is that Marcel and the boys won't get along. Blah, blah, blah. Duh. Have you not? It's like, she's saying this too. Like she just hadn't thought of it before he was like on a fucking plane. Don't you have to be able to communicate with somebody in order to not get along with them? Maybe if he's, like, really gassy. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean... I, I, I don't know. To Michael's credit, too, he seems he seems to be the most engaged with how what he's doing is going to affect his kids. Robert, I think he's just tired of being alone. He just doesn't want to be alone anymore. But Anna, it's like, oh, yeah, I have kids, and he's going to live with us. But the bees. Oh, Anna. The bees. Oh, Anna. She's got the bees. We need to pass the segment because I cannot wait to get to the airport. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And especially Omar. Oh, yeah. We'll, no, we're, we'll, we'll get, we'll get we're, there. We'll get there. I know. We're there. We're there. This, That's the segment. Oh, oh yeah. Is? Oh, good. Yeah, she's picking him up what at the airport. What was that? I was hoping maybe you, as a card-carrying homosexual man, could, could illuminate maybe some of the uh, tension between Omar and Marsal and Anna. There, there was something there. It's like, this is just some guy you met on a plane and you're just like introducing him to introduce him. And then you guys just all like linger and stare. And he touches Omar way more than he touches Anna when he, yes, like that. I, th- I thought he, you know, I was like, is this his translator? But then I was, was like no he, that this guy can't really speak english either but i'm i'm excited when we start recapping the omar spinoff oh, oh omar in the city <laughs> omar takes the windy city well exactly and that's when we realize that they're at o'hare and that she's gonna they're gonna drive now all the way to nebraska but first she's got a hotel room at the airport so much awkward did you map quest the drive from chicago to was it Bellevue? Bellevue, Nebraska. I didn't, but that's got to be. Could you imagine a, a car ride that long with somebody you just met? And I hope I hope there's cameras in that car. Well, yeah. And then she asks him if he's got pajamas. You know, Marcel's hard to read. I couldn't tell if at that moment he was like, I th- like, was he expecting for them to fuck? I don't know. Was she? What was? What's even happening? Do they even know where their parts go? Hey, it's it, only the bees know. <laughs> but yeah, I do you do you think do you think Marsal is kind of cute? Uh, mm, I would say if he's five foot eight or under, no. Okay, he, he's yeah, he's not. He is not a tall man. Like it's really on the line, but I think he's he's the type of person also like Sasha where it's like it just kind of depends on how he's dressed and how he's carrying himself that day I don't know so much of what makes people attractive or not to me is 
kind of unquantifiable things like how they carry themselves or whatever. So yeah, I, I get the sense that Anna's about 5'10". I, I don't know. That's the vibe. Really? Yeah, I, she seems tall. I, I, I don't get that. I feel like they're both like 5'6". They need to put their fucking height and weight <laughs> along with their age and where they're from. <laughs> because then Robert would have known what size lingerie to get for Anna, because that brings us to, yeah, possibly the best. Oh, oh, wow. Winter Park strip mall lingerie. Yeah, that was, is that, a, that was. Is that a Lucinda Williams album? It sh- if it isn't, it should be. Our favorite lady, the lingerie store clerk, where she just, uh, she tries to encourage men who come in to shop for lingerie for their, their wives or mistresses to think about the woman. I think it's a refreshing point of view. When you're dealing with people with language barriers or never having met them, you're dealing solely with image and kind of projections onto the image. She's talking from like a real life perspective. And I, I got to give her kudos for holding it together when he drops the bomb. It's like, I don't know her size because I knew her, air quotes, for eight hours. In what capacity, we don't really know. But I, I would say biblically. Yeah. I would say three times, probably. Yeah, but that wasn't enough to get a uh, a grip on her size. No, no pun intended. I think that some things were definitely gripped, but I think that's kind of a thorny thicket there to go by lingerie for a lady because there are ladies who, while they wear a size large or extra large, do not want you to buy them something that is a size large or extra large, thereby acknowledging that that is their size. You know, and again, this is not me, but I have known women that it's like they'd rather be gifted a medium. <laughs> And then go exchange it for the thing that actually fits. But I have to say, too, I think lingerie is fucking stupid. It's never been my thing. I don't get it. This is a gift for him, not her. It's kind of a Homer Simpson buying a bowling ball for Marge kind of move, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. It's like, she doesn't want lingerie. She wants an iPhone and a ring. It's like, if, if you're having trouble financially with that, wouldn't you just rather save your money and get the thing? Because my other favorite thing is when she pulled the mannequin torso with the corset on it, and he was like, there's no bottom. I'm just picturing her like wandering around the house, like completely bottomless, being a a parent to this four-year-old, you know. Yeah, looking like a member of Apollonia 6. Yeah, she's... (laughs) Is she Brenda? Is she Susan? No, she's Annie, and she's shooting love in your direction, (laughs) maybe, if if you send her that uh, prepaid cricket phone. (laughs) <laughs> the best eight hours of his life. Oh, God. Um, and then the texts start coming through. Angry face, angry face, angry face. And then what are, are they doing voice recordings? He's back and forth. He is one of those. He's one of those people that, that will text you the voice recording. Yeah. Some people are like that. That's a thing now? I mean, it's just some people do it. I don't know. We're literally at that point in society where we're just terrified to talk on the phone i know that people are terrified of voicemail but are we terrified of talking on the phone now i i think so i didn't realize that that sort of exchange was a thing who knows what's going on between those two if she's so angry why doesn't she call him and say hey it sounds like she was at some sort of money receiving place and it wasn't happening and i think at that moment we see robert struggle to really understand that this is not what he thought it was and that she is a gold digger and that's fine, but she needs to dig in more of a, a, a full vein. You know, this guy is like barely getting by. And then that whole conversation that they had, well, I mean, he seems comfortable, but you know, not like enough money to go out and buy. I mean, you know that she wants a multiple thousands of dollar ring. The iPhone is what a couple thousand. And then he says stuff like she just doesn't understand how money works. Mm, I think she really, no. really does better than most. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have money in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have money in most places, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to watch. We should, at the end of this, like make predictions <laughs> as to where, what's going to happen. Um, okay. So we've got two more segments. Uh, we've got Michael, Max and Cece in the car going to see the new house that Michael's just bought that's like, he says, one right turn away from his wife. Oh, and his wife, I think her name's Sarah. She looks like Sarah. She's fine. They have a 
really good relationship, which is another point for him. I don't know. What did you think of Michael and his ex-wife? I am scared for his (laughs) ex-wife. She seems very concerned about this woman coming in and being a part of their lives. She kind of downplays it. She tries to play it cool, but you you can read it all over her face. And then when you see... You know, all the flash forwards and the clips leading up to the future episodes. I think of all the people on the show, she might be in the most uncomfortable position, maybe. Mm. If not the most, one of the most. There's kids involved. What do you... At least we're dealing with a lot of single parents with, you know, with Anna, the dad isn't in the picture. With Robert, the mom isn't in the picture. I think the difference here is that Michael's ex-wife is in the picture and actively parenting these very bright children while her husband is on the Jeffrey Epstein Croatian yacht party giving out credit cards to 20-year-old Brazilian girls. That's scary. Well, I'm sure she's having like a dodged a bullet moment. (laughs) Um, I think she kind of acknowledges that it's like, what is he doing? And she says something about that he would not have been meeting this girl if he wasn't wealthy. It sounds like she was with him before he made all this money. Oh, definitely. She's kind of reeling from the fact that it's like, yeah, now he's a rich yacht douche. And he's got almost all the trappings of douchery. And Juliana is going to be the final piece. And again, I think that there are young women who... The, the final <laughs> piece. Mm, mm. <laughs> I think there are young women who would be like, yeah, sure, this sounds fun. Like, I, But, you know, the trade-off is stability. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't find Michael repulsive. And I think, where do they live? Like, just in Connecticut or something? or just In, that, in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah, so, you know, that all doesn't suck. You get to just be fun stepmom pulling up to school pickup. Cece and Max seem kind of excited. You know, they're, she, they say she's one of us. Um, Cece's got uh, a wonderful full face of makeup too at that final conversation that I really enjoyed. They should just put those those kids up in an apartment with the uh, the woman from the strip mall lingerie show. Yeah, and um, and Omar, <laughs> and and also from what I've kind of just barely I've barely even touched this show. That is about how many spinoffs there are. Yeah, just. It, People telling me they're like, you need to watch Daphne and Velma and you need to watch before the 90 days and after the 90 days and 90 shades darker and, you know, the the whole bit. And it's like, I got to sleep. Yeah. Got to eat a meal. Yeah, I think this is this is enough for me. Um, so our final segment is back to Sex Store Tanya, who's in New York City. Oh, God. He's in New York City. <laughs> Was this your second favorite segment? He wants to see New York, so she's taking him to Times Square. That that was my favorite thing about the whole thing. It's like, honey, Cuckoo Bird is taking you to Applebee's and the Olive Garden. It's it's just he he wants to see culture, and she's going to deliver. And that whole bit about na- natural lube. Mm. And natural con. What is a natural condom? Is it made out of bark? <laughs> what is it? What is it made out of? I mean, all I can say is I'm guessing that if it's natural, it's not vegan. What was her line like about the natural lube? It's like if it's not going in my vagina, it's not going in my mouth. If you can't put it in your mouth, don't put it in your vagina. You know that's fair. So then she's screwing around the bathroom. They're late. She's also showing off all of her, you know, romantic supplies. Yeah, something's, something's wrong with Tanya. It's just, it's the, the expectations to perform. It's like they're already there. And just watching her freak out in the car on the way to the airport. It's just like... Everything has to be perfect. And now it's not perfect. And like every pore in my body screams when she comes on camera. It's, I, I, I'm allergic to her. Mm. She's brutal. But the thing is, I, I like Senjin. I think he's handsome. And it's like, yeah, he's just like, he's the vacation boyfriend. He's just the bartender. I don't really get a creepy vibe. And also when they do the flash forward, he's got some good reads for her too. And I'm, I'm here for that. He kind of, like my red flag is like two thirds of the way up because she says some stuff about 
kind of hinting that he's racist. She's like, oh, he's from South Africa. He's doing his best. But sometimes he says things and it's like, what? Did did she say sometimes he says things? I don't remember hearing her say yeah, that. It was like way at the beginning when she was talking to her mom. It was this weird sort of coded conversation. Because again, like we're we're watching people who know they're being watched, right? So we're mm-hmm. also not seeing totally natural behavior from them. So I think they have to have a little bit of grace for that. But I don't know, man. I think that there's something dark in Senjin. And I think you could tell me that someone's getting murdered in that she shed. And I don't think I could honestly tell you with certainty who would be murdering who. A she shed. <laughs> I want, I want a shed. Well, I, I do have a shed. I should do something with that. I should, you know. Get your Senjin in there. I need to, yeah, tell Senjin to bring a doily to my she shed. Yeah, what the fuck was going on in that she shed? The, the walls were like mauve. If I cared enough, I would go back and watch to see if she actually mentioned something about him, like, saying stuff. Because I, my takeaway from that whole bit was almost kind of like this badge of honor that she was this brown girl who was bringing this post-apartheid white South African man to America. Yeah, maybe I missed it. I I hope he's not just crazy racist, but... Well, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. I mean, I didn't get the sense that it was crazy racist, but I think she kind of said, "Oh, and he's, you know, he's a product of his environment." And so, you know, there may be some culture shock. So, we'll see. I mean, he he is. He's cute for sure. He's got really good hair. Um, he's well-groomed. He looks like he smells good. That's a plus. I I would not want to smell robert's driver's seat (laughs) i don't think i really want to smell anyone's driver's seat but you know what i mean yeah Hmm. that's that is something to think (laughs) about okay we've got anna and marcel we and then we get hit by the brutal like like speed bag flash forward segment of like what's gonna happen in the season which upsettingly looks like there's gonna be more people how many extra how many more couples like three which makes me feel like some of these couples are going to crash and burn pretty quick. There's only so much time, right? Well, you I mean, know? that's the other thing. The show's like an hour and a half long. So I guess they're going to have to red wedding some shit because it is the cast is bloating like Game of Thrones. I don't know. We're, we're in for uh, quite the ride. So the flash forward, it's like we're going to get this sort of the thing that I thought was going to be 90% of the show, which was like the the blatantly transactional woman and the super delusional frumpy american man who's like oh yeah 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 i mean i've watched documentaries just about that or who was who was the woman who was like you know screaming while she was getting botox oh yeah we haven't met her yet on there yeah we haven't met her yet that was a nice little cherry on top yeah it's like oh good can't can't wait should we have our predictions yeah we get our Anna, go. That's not happening. That's so not happening. Yeah. Completely not happening. Yeah. And just from the flash forwards, it looks like we see Anna just basically disintegrate, which I don't want to see. You know, I just, everybody, all these people need therapy. This this show should be sponsored by Talkspace. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's going to implode. We've got Michael. The flash forward had a really um, striking dead-eyed stare at the camera from juliana did you oh the whole the whole like all about eve dinner like please don't parent my children bit the strange thing is if i feel like if she gets the visa they're gonna go through with it i don't want it to happen but i feel like it's going to happen i feel like the kids have already resigned to it happening and that the the son just gets to set on the ex-wife and the expectations of parenting her children i almost feel like michael has this sensation like he's resigned to it happening there's not like this like jump for joy vibe i get from him about the whole thing it all seems just kind of like it's happening therefore it is you know it's true like i maybe it's because he hasn't gotten juliana off the plane or whatever but he seems like you said also sort of disconnected which kind of brings me back to that like oh well i've got the car and i've got the house and you know but then i don't know like a lot of the pictures of the two of them together seemed genuine we're gonna find out yeah yeah i I am interested 
to see that. I don't know. I think that could work. Tanya and Sinjin might murder each other. I just, I love in that flash forward when she says they've known each other for all of what, maybe four months maximum. And she's wanting a baby already. And she says, my clock is ticking. He just looks at her and says, did you read that in a book? The library is open. Mm. That's not happening. That's so not happening. No, don't, don't have a baby with that lady. And then Emily, it's just sad. I don't know. Yeah, the whole like working out angry. That's so not happening. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm the third baby mama. I'm just a fucking idiot. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see who she is and how she reacts after the child is born. Because obviously, four days away, it's it's coming, you know. Yeah, but that's not happening. And he clearly has patterns. Yeah, the when they show the ex wife, it's like, yeah, that's a pattern. These women with blue eyes and long blonde hair, and they're practically the same height. It looks like you know, have a baby with them and then resent them. Until until they go away. I absolutely respect personal training as a vocation. But I do think that a lot of personal trainers are uh, sluts. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find like a good politically correct, like enlightened term. But um, fuck boys. Yeah, I've definitely I've I've experienced some moments. The My Pilates personal trainer at the YMCA who told me that um having his hand under the waistband of my shorts was part of Pilates. Ooh. No, it was, no, I, I wish. <laughs> You've got to reform like, that taint. Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, the, um, he showed me the reformer exercises for that, you know, and then Robert and Annie. Oh yeah. Oh, I think it's, the thing is, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's, there's juice in that orange. She's going to be good for the show. Her, her already like throwing shade at his friends. Like, don't tell me what to do. I'm, I'm here for that. Oh, Annie clearly gives no fucks, which is always something that I respect. Yeah. I'm preparing to love her. I hope, I hope she doesn't disappoint. I'm concerned for Bryson that like, you should give fucks about a child. Like, she seems just like a force of nature or wrecking ball, which again, yes, work, all those things. But, you know, this poor little kid, it could, it could fuck him up pretty badly. So again, during the like best friend, keep it real chat, all Robert has is the lingerie store lady. Like he doesn't have a support system. He doesn't have anyone to tell him. Well, that's why I'm also excited to see like, where are these friends coming from? Where they're just having these, you know, dinners at El Torito, trying to tell Annie to go back home, you know? Like, who who are these people? Well, and the lady that I, I think they showed in the flash forward, I think is the, like, immigration counselor person. Oh, that could be interesting. We are in for a wild ride, Sean. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me today and taking time to watch and consume this content and allowing it to be in your brain. We've got so far to go. We're at the bottom of the Matterhorn. Oh, God. Yeah, season seven, episode one. How many episodes are in this season? I haven't even looked. What have we committed to? <laughs> I know. Oh, so that reminds me. I, I don't know if I thanked him at the beginning of the show, but Rich Starkiller, Super Tulpa, is the one who suggested this. So thanks, Rich, because, yeah, I was just looking for something... Um, something fun and stupid to do. And this was his suggestion. There's so much content out there. It's just hard to whittle it down. This is a lot easier to deal with than hoarders and a lot less shrill than the housewives reunions I've been watching. Yeah, those are those have been your two like Rona shows. You, you're off intervention, right? Intervention, it, the last couple of seasons, they're all just Canadian meth addicts. <laughs> Because I think they, I think they moved production to Canada because that's like the last place on Earth where people don't expect to have a filmed intervention. I like, I, I don't know what the, what it is. IV drug use is not my favorite thing. Yeah, but give me a refrigerator full of dead cats and I'm in heaven. <laughs> oh, and on that 
And you know what? I don't think we're going to see that on this show. So I don't. Um, I don't. I think uh, Juliana Hatfield <laughs> might be capable of it. That that dead eyed stare at a California Pizza Kitchen or wherever they were eating dinner. Yeah, I. I think she might be capable. I think the feces we might see are, is probably going to come from Emily's baby since she didn't bother to learn how to change a diaper before a baby came out of her. Just all these people too, like I'm such a planner and I'm always thinking ahead and none of these people have thought 30 seconds into the future. It just blows my mind. I think Emily's going to like come to you in a dream and she's going to be like, oh, I wish, I wish I had met you before I had taught for America. And it's like, honey, you got to figure this out. We, we don't have time for this. I can't say anything to her that her sister didn't say. Like her sister. Exactly. She took the words right out of my fucking mouth. I was just like, thank you. So I'm excited to see too if, if the rest of the shows kind of follow this rhythm. Because then that's kind of comforting too. Of like, oh, the same thing over and over. People being stupid and everyone trying to warn them not to be. Yeah.